What's up, beautiful people? How you doing? Welcome into the Threshing Floor Podcast. On this episode, we're sitting down with friend of the podcast, guy that hasn't been on in a while, but you guys definitely know him, making waves in the community. It is Flooded Red. It is Jay Chambers. We're sitting down to talk about the experience of the Thomas J. Chambers Memorial Tournament, what that was like for him. He is the one that went ahead to win the Type 1 category, so we're talking about that in detail, the deck he played, and just all of what that experience was for him. So definitely glad you're here, and we'll jump right into it. What's up, Redemption? How you doing? It's John Hendricks here. Just me. Um, this episode, has, <laughs> it's it's been a little wild trying to get this episode done. We recorded a couple of weeks ago with Jay following the Thomas J Memorial Tournament. And the hope was to go ahead and get this thing out pretty quickly. But we're doing this new, or we're we're preparing for a new launch for a new service for our um the people that we ship products for as a distributor at work and so they've got a big launch and they've needed us to get product out to the people that do the installs for that for them and with that has come a lot of work volume in a in a short amount of time trying to ramp up and get product on hand before that new service goes live and they start installing trying to get each company that installs for them stocked up with that stuff and then there's been kind of some supply issues on some of the parts so uh even though we didn't have any delays in shipping things out so to speak we had orders kind of back up because people were worried about shortages so they wanted to be in the queue for orders so we just a lot of work volume and that's kind of taken my focus away from being able to do this stuff and a little bit more than I ex- anticipated. I thought with the additional staffing that we've got at work that I would be a little bit more, um, I guess, normal through this period. And I've had to work a lot of extra hours and things. And anyway, long story short, sorry for getting, not getting the podcast out, but it's here releasing this now on a Saturday. So the part that I recorded for like the recent news and things last time I recorded that with Brad following recording the interview with Jay. Now all of that information is kind of outdated. So I'm just, I'm just going to hit you here. I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on in the community and then we'll, we'll get you to that interview with Jay. As far as hitting some recent content that that's come out, there's been um, several videos from both Tyler Stevens on Tyler Talks and Jaden Allstead on Redemption with Jaden. And so on the Tyler side, if you go, I guess it's about a week ago, so six days ago, he put out a two-for-one special with Blue Go Hard. That's what he calls it, but basically Blue Offense, Patriots, and then Philistines on Defense. I really like Philistines on Defense. I really like Patriarchs. So that is definitely a video that I watched, um, and it's a two-for-one because he's got one with the Philistine defense, and then he's got one where it's uh, Demon demon Thieves, I believe it is. Definitely Demons, but I believe it's also with Thieves. I did watch the video, but it's been a while, so I don't exactly remember, but I believe it's Demon Thieves, basically a defense that he started showing last season, and he pairs that up. So that's there. He also has a video um, that's kind of split into two parts. And these are the longest videos he's done so far, actually, that I I recall on his channel. But it's Roots Review Part 1 and Part 2. I got about five minutes into Part 1, so I didn't get too deep into it. And I have not watched Part 2. So these are videos that I have not checked out. But I'm sure the quality is going to be great, but if you looking if you're looking for an overview and kind of just a sense of the impact of what Roots is going to do, I believe this would be a video that would be interesting to you or if you're having got your chance to 
you know, review the cards and how they fit into the card pool. I'm sure he'll be doing a lot of talking about, you know, the where cards fit into the current game. He usually does that with a lot of the, the different video elements that he does, but definitely check those two out. I'm going to, they are on my to-do list for this week as I get time to watch videos. And then he also, two days ago, had a video come out and cool title. I'll get, I'll give you, it's pretty cool title, Tyler. So I'll give you your props, but Chad France, who is see the tree, the, the guy that runs land of redemption, he has a deck from last tournament season that was pretty popular. And that was soul surfer. It kind of got nerfed with some ruling elements coming to light and then those have now been corrected and fixed with rules updates so that the cards play like they're supposed to. And so Soul Surfer is now a thing again. Well, Tyler took it. He took it. He stole it. Tyler took it, and now it's Stolen Surfer. And so he's got that video out of his version of that deck. So you can go check it out. That's there. He also posted recently a defensive heavy deck list on the Discord. So there might be a video coming out about a new defensive heavy deck after Roots. So I, I'm interested to see if that comes to light because I'm always interested in seeing the defensive heavy decks and seeing if one can actually push to win games in time, which with the community we have playing, I'm not I'm not sure that that's a, a bold strategy to go into a tournament with at this stage, but... Definitely interesting nonetheless. And then over in Redemption with Jaden Land, Jaden has several videos. It, it looks like there's uh, three available so far. And this is footage from the Thomas J. Chambers Memorial Tournament. And it looks like we've got round two, three, and four is available. So round two, three, and four is available. So these came out in the last week or so, and it looks like he's he's working on getting these edited up. I did watch, um, I watched at one of them, and he had added where the card image shows up. So when they play a card down, it shows up in the bottom right of the screen, which is really cool elements that have been added. So definitely want to thank Jaden for bringing that to the community, and definitely go and check those out if you want to see what this early meta might look like, because... That was a tournament field of 30 people. So there's a wide variety of decks and kind of see what people were running at the time. And with that, I guess the next big thing, I'll go ahead and, uh, well, actually before that, mentioning Soul Surfer again, See the Tree, Chad, I mentioned him, Land of Redemption, all those things. I should have went ahead and mentioned that he has actually updated his deck profile on Land of Redemption. So you can go and check that out. See the trees take on the Soul Surfer. And I mean, we're going to go back to titles. Chad, you missed the boat here. You should have renamed this one. See the trees take on. And it should be the rise of the Soul Surfer, kind of like the rise of the Silver Surfer Fantastic Four, because the Soul Surfer was down and now it has risen back up. You left meat on the bone, that's all I'm saying. But anyway, that's on Land of Redemption. You can go and check out. Now, the other thing that I have is the Christmas card swap. Now, I am super excited about this because we had over 70 people sign up. Over 70 people. And what I'm going to be doing right now, I'm getting this ready to release. It's 8.30 here Central Time. I'm about to put this together, get this episode out as quickly as I can. And then I'm going to be working on getting the names exchanged so that you guys can hopefully potentially make it to the post office now, or if not, get it in the mail on Monday. But definitely want to thank everyone for participating. I want to thank people that were, you know, moved enough to donate to the giveaways. I want to appreciate, uh, make sure that I show appreciation for all the people that made that awesome uh, gesture to put up something from the, either their business or from them personally to go towards the uh, card swap. I think it's really cool. It shows kind of the the spirit of giving within our community. Super, super excited. I've been down the last couple of years on this. I'm not going to lie. 
because it just seemed like it was it was the same. Not 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 upset about the people participating multiple times, but it just seemed like we we had a core nucleus of people that would participate, and it wasn't really reaching out to new people the way that I, I wanted it to. So I had the idea to do those giveaways, and I'm all for doing giveaways anytime I can. You guys know that. But definitely want to thank the people coming along beside me and, and offering things to make it actually a better pool of prizes because I couldn't have done that on my own. So definitely thankful for everyone's involvement in there and then thankful for all the people participating. And I'm super excited to see what people get. When you get those gifts, dude, open them up, make a video, put it on YouTube, put it on Discord, show pictures. I think we should be sharing what we get from the people that are sending us gifts and showing kind of the love and, you know, nature of this community with the gifts that we receive. I know Travis is planning on putting all of his stuff together in a video, which I'm really excited to see. So I'm going to make sure I send him some some cool stuff to, to add to that. But with that, I'm going to be getting the names out here shortly. But that is all I've got for recent news and things kind of on the fly. I know that Lackey Grand Prix number 13 has started, so round one is underway. Games are due by Monday, I believe. So... Make sure you get your games in there, and we'll catch you next time. Are you enjoying this episode of the podcast? If so, please consider supporting our sponsors by visiting their webpage at covenantgames.com. There you will find a ton of family-oriented gaming products, including but not limited to the Redemption Collectible Card Game. Add a threshing floor playmat to your cart today and represent your favorite podcast at your next tournament or casual meetup. All right, so we are here with the Type 1 champion of the first ever Thomas J. Memorial Tournament. What's up, Jay? How you doing? Not much. Doing good. It's been a while. It has been a while. Things are new around these parts. Yeah. I mean, we're recording a second episode this month, so that's that's new. That That is. That's pretty big. <laughs> yep. And you're, you're the guest of honor here, so obviously the uh, Memorial Tournament came together under... Um, some difficult circumstances absolutely it's 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 kind of kind of hard to put it into words really but i will say that um even in the loss of my son it's been beautiful to see how god has been glorified just through the proclamation of the gospel of christ and the salvation that he has to bring just the, the the reminder of the hope that we have in the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, all of those things have just been wonderful. Um, even in the sorrow and the pain and the suffering of, of loss, God has been glorified. And this tournament, I think, is even more of that. Yeah, definitely cool to see the community. And I, I feel like there was, it felt like there was 20 or 30 people that was on and saying, hey, I wish I could make it. And I wasn't I wasn't sure what the turnout was gonna be after that. I thought it would still be a good turnout for a ran like random day. Again, not the purpose of the tournament is random, but it's a random day in the off season, in the holiday season, people traveling, already dedicated to spending money for holiday season to still pull 30. thirty people in type one. That's that's pretty cool because that doesn't count the couple people that were judging as well. So No. And uh, it's the it's definitely the biggest tournament I've ever won. I mean, I think we were fighting with the COVID nationals. So, yeah. So, I mean, and that's gotta that's gotta feel special. So, where do you rank? Do you rank it right at the top of wins for the significance of it? I would say absolutely. Like for me, I would say this is my this is my favorite win. I mean, as I continue to be the the guy who can win anything that's not named nationals. So, so we just got to change the name of nationals. <laughs> there we go. Where do you where do you think it ranks if you separate the significance of it, the personal significance of it, and just talk about like the gameplay? Because this was pretty pretty early on in a meta that is yet to be defined. With you have Israel's Rebellion jumping into the card pool, people trying to figure that out, but now Roots is in there. And it's kind of just a wide open thing that you dominated, right? I mean, I mean, absolutely. you were undefeated. 
I was. I went 6-0. I beat um, Jaden and Brian Jones and John Early. That's so. That's a bag right there. That was a bag, and 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 then my other three games were like we had a Michigan local player round one, Robert Kerr, and then I played uh, Roman Cigar- Signorello out of Brian's play group. Oh, you put him on tilt, sort of his. <laughs> he he, he did remark- easily. <laughs> He he did remarkably well. If he hadn't misplayed the resurrection, he would have beat me. Like he uh, was, it was a five four game. We yeah. played a great game of redemption, and then I also played another one of his players, Yuan Wang. Oh, Yuan or Yuan has insane luck. Like whatever opening hand he gets is always great when I play him. Well, I played him, and he had this just mountain of defense, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, am I going to beat this kid? <laughs> Like, and I mean, so like those two, like I played them back to back and I'm like, man, Brian's kids up here at the top. And I'm like, where's Jeremy and Jaden? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely something to be said for how much those guys play. And even if they're constantly, they feel like just getting beat by Mr. Jones as they call him, um, <laughs> which Brian for, for the rest of us, but even if booster Jones, booster steel Jones, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, like even if they're they're losing to him, they're getting so much better because they're they're dedicating time to playing, and there's no substitute for actually playing games. Me and Brad can attest to that. <laughs> Absolutely, and and another thing too, I just want to call, I just want to give a shout out to those those get those guys because they cleaned my church top to bottom after the tournament. Mm-hmm. I let them stay Saturday night, and I mean they were. They were pulling benches out. I'm pretty sure this church hasn't gotten a cleaning this good in ages. And so I just want to give them a shout-out because that was awesome. There's some really good kids in that group. Can't say enough about uh, the character that they show when they, they show up. Very respectful. Absolutely. I mean, in times past, Oakdale and that Kentucky group had a reputation for for having, like, rough, seedy kind of kids. Um, but now... Like they are producing young godly men, and I'm I'm all for it. And then they can also play, they can play redemption like nobody business. Yeah, you mentioned Roman. He's the he's probably the one I've interacted with the most because he came to nationals this past year, and uh, it's it's nice to like poke fun at him about you know misplays or something. You mentioned him misplaying the resurrection, but sometimes when you're sitting down and you're the guy like you're the the older, I guess, more veteran player, you're sitting there and you're like, man, I really hope he misplays because it seems like he's got me on the ropes. <laughs> that, that, absolutely. He had me on the ropes. Like he caught me under a resurrection revealer and I'm just sitting here like, oh no, where is my, where's the laser? Where's the laser? <laughs> <laughs> so for people that were not, you know, privileged to make the the travel to the tournament, what do you think? just from like top to bottom, how the, the tournament went. How how do you think the categories are going uh, in this early part of the – it's hard to judge because other tournaments haven't been, you know, as healthy in the field as this one has. But like sealed, booster, you get to introduce packs with roots. You guys did the big roots, the booster draft. How did that go and how do those how do those categories feel? So I did not pay much attention to Booster because I'll be honest, I was over there uh, playing sealed um, and like bemoaning the fact that early got me round one because I drafted, I drafted the David deck and I was, I had three Kings packs and I got a laser sword. So I'm over here with my Philistine hoser just like, and I still lose, (laughs) but just a preliminary. So, so one thing that's important is that we played roots IR booster as multiplayer because we had to get people out of there because we had run six rounds of type one, two player. And now it's time to play booster and people have, we got people who drove eight hours, but just watching it, it's really neat to watch how IR and roots sort of play together. And this, I think this will be true for just about every rotation legal set that gets roots in it. Like with the addition of roots, you can literally just draft six of the same set and you have a fine booster draft. And that's an awesome thing. Because it gives you all these different little thematic supports. I mean, like Persians get stuff in Roots. Um, Prophets get stuff in Roots. And I mean, the the set that got Roots next was Prophecies of Christ. So 
that's something I'm looking forward to. But it went really well. Um, people really seem to enjoy it. I think part of me wonders if they enjoyed it because they got uh, six packs for twenty bucks. That'll that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. But those categories went really well. I was really glad to sort of see that KL sealed. I love KL. I love to play games of KL. KL sealed was a blast. Like we had cards going everywhere, and it even works. Like. You can do KL sealed no matter what your packs are, and it's still going to play really great. So you can do it with the old foil packs, which is what we did. And it went over like phenomenally well, even with kings and patriarchs and priests packs. That's uh that's interesting. I haven't I haven't actually played sealed with them because I didn't play it at nationals when we did the test, and then I haven't played sealed that's had them well, I mean, since it's been released. You guys don't play sealed down there. Right, right. We're we're too busy winning teams and stuff when Sealed's getting played. <laughs> yes, yeah, so usually, uh, if I remember correctly, the Alabama schedule is like Type Two and is it's like like Booster or something Friday night or Type Two, and then it's like Type One in the morning, and then it's like, or no, no, no. Sealed gets running in the South. Sealed is running as Type One at regionals, both for Southeast and for then again, Southeast was what four people this year. Hey, hey. Don't hate on us. You know, we Keegan was there. He was just asleep. <laughs> he wouldn't wake up. <laughs> and Brad wasn't hey, there. Where, where you at, Brad? Uh, see, this is why we got to gotta drag you out of the house more often so we don't get people that move to Michigan. He couldn't build a playgroup, so he had to go and, and move to a playgroup. <laughs> I didn't move to a playgroup. That's the weird part. But the people like when I got there, here – no. So you go up there and you build them. So so you're just saying the fertile ground is up there. It, it absolutely was. So we had almost every player that has showed up to a redemption tournament minus one since I've been here. So I think we had in the field, we had one, two, three, um, four, five. I mean, we had like, I think we had like seven, ten people from Michigan in the tournament. So, like, I mean, like, we had the Middlecoffs, we had um, Ron and Chris Hill and Matt Sinclair and all those guys um, that, that that are here in Michigan now. And so, and, and, and what's great is that we've got pockets of players all over the state. And there's, and I just realized we actually had a player or two who wasn't able to make it in Michigan. And we also, in this 30 people, we didn't have the Wisconsin group. So, I mean, it kind of, I mean, this area is really fertile for redemption right now. Yeah. Um, like the whole Midwest. Before we get into uh, asking you some specifics about your deck, because I know Brad's hoping to get some pointers from your deck so he can try to win. Let me put you on the spot here because I've heard a rumor and I just need you to cut through any of the, the chatter and tell me truthfully. Is Michigan hosting nationals? So, I mean, you had a 30 person tournament in the dead of winter, which shows the potential for people to be willing to travel. So we are, we are in the process this week of finalizing the application process, getting everything to Rob, but I can't say with certainty that we're hosting nationals because that's not in yet. But the, the intention is to... The intention is to host nationals in Michigan the last week of July, if Rob is okay with that, at Ron Sias's church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Technically, the official town name is Allendale, Michigan. Okay. But that is the intention. And so as long as Rob is okay with it, which we have a handshake agreement from Rob at nationals, so we should be good to go for this year. Okay, so getting some information on the podcast i like that there was also Absolutely. there was also word that kansas might try to uh host. kansas is on a handshake agreement with me to give michigan priority okay so so you've that's got handshakes right hand, handling both sides of it but uh now if something falls through with with michigan which as of right now so ron's church is a go from ron's church and um, so right now, that's kind of where we're at. So the one, the one catch, and I'll put this on the podcast, is that Ron's church does not allow overnight sleeping. But Ron and I are working on st- good strategic plans to mitigate that and make the tournament as cost-affordable as humanly possible for 
people because one thing that I have noticed in my many years of playing Redemption is that Redemption players do not like to spend money unless it is on Redemption cards. And so that's something that we will do work very hard to do is to mitigate the fact that there's not necessarily a free lodging option. So I know what right now one thing we're looking at, um, and, and which it's a good thing that, that they can't sleep at the church because the church does not have showers. That see now so, you're putting two and two together. That is a good thing. <laughs> Three days yes, of no showers. I'm, well, I'm gonna tell I you one day of no showers. They can't stay. One day of no showers at the Thomas J Memorial Tournament. We were still getting some Uba steak. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I am all aboard the let's not put three days of stinky gamers in a church. Yeah, I'm down with that. I think card gamers as a whole need to wear a little bit more deodorant, but they definitely don't need to be skipping showers at tournaments. That's a, that's a, that's a big one. More deodorant, wash all the body from head to and toe and maybe avoid garlic and onions for a day or two before a tournament. <laughs> Brad, Brad's over here dying. So Brad, what are the chances you're going to be able to look podcast is helping you out, bro. You, we're here. It's December. What was today? The fourth, and we're talking about yep. end of July. That gives you seven, and most of December months to start start working on it. What do you think the chances are you're going to be able to make it to Grand Rapids? Put you on the spot too. <laughs> so if I had to pick the odds right now, I would say it's probably at about a thirty five percent. Thirty five percent around there. Yeah, maybe I'll take more it. More than one in three, but there's a big carpool you can join, so keep that in mind too. There's uh, listen, and and, and 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 from what Jeremy has said, the big carpool is planned on an A B and B Airbnb. Oh yeah, that's Ooh. what we talked about that with Brian Jones, and it was like, why go and get hotels and all that? Just enjoy it a little bit more. See, here, here's my kicker. Um, as long as I'm selective about. W- how many weekends I leave in the year, like to go to redemption. So like I had to say no to a couple of tournaments in order to say yes to going to nationals this last year. Um, if and it also depends on how many days I'm going to be gone because the summers are like the busiest time in youth ministry. So I'm already going uh, 10 days on a mission trip out of the country in June. I'm going a week out for camp <laughs> And uh, there's some other times where I'll be kind of taken away, so it's possible. But if if we're gonna carpool, I may have to figure out, you know, how many days y'all plan on. Yeah, that that may help and hurt you at the same time because you're not. So 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 there's always the option. There's always the option of you book the plane ticket back Friday night, and so you you carpool up. You play booster in Type One. And then some poor sap drops you off at Grand Rapids Airport and flies your butt back to Birmingham. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, they recently made the Tuscaloosa Airport a national airport. So he might. I didn't ooh, even know that Tuscaloosa know that. had an airport. Yeah, it used to be only for like private things in the university. But now, if you notice, like if you just look over Northport now, Brad, you'll see tons of planes. And it's because it's now an officially recognized national airport. Listen, since I don't since know how much they fly into cut, it, but <laughs> now that we have a national airport, uh, and now that nationals is not decided, I say whoever wins out of Michigan and Alabama in football, that's where we play nationals. <laughs> Are you willing to put in an application to host? <laughs> that's no. <laughs> so I, I will say that the, the the Alabama nationals train might be something to look into, especially since we're not sure that Chris Fashman ever gets another one or not. Why? Why are we not sure there? Well, what do you know? Well, that his dad's we don't know? retiring. His yeah. dad's retiring. Do you yeah. know that? Yeah, I knew that. So I mean that, that that can affect. So when a new pastor comes into a church, that can affect some policies and stuff like that. And so, so it's a, there's there's sort of just this small like possibility that that it might not be an option on the table in the future. I guess that is fair, not to uh, but, assume but that's, that we're, uh, that we're welcome. Be, <laughs> and I mean that may have been privileged information, <laughs> but. But knowing that, I mean, and two, I mean, just with Alabama, you guys having actually players. So, I mean, it's an option. Yeah. I think what we uh, we lack in 
a lot of players. I feel like the quality's pretty decent here. So, and maybe maybe eventually, you know, we can we can get some kind of play group going locally. <laughs> at some <laughs> at point, some point, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so now that we've got uh, some nationals talk out of the way, and you guys that have come to the podcast, uh, I did what I, I did what I could to, to squeeze out as much information as possible. So. We can run with that, that most likely it seems like Michigan may be the home for Nationals in late July, barring unforeseen setbacks. Correct. As we pivot over and we ask you about your deck that you played, how how would you compare? First question, I mean, the, the peanut gallery wants me to do it. How much better is the deck you played than the flood deck you played last year? <laughs> so... At this time of the year last year, they were almost identical. So the problem, the difference is, is that I don't think that the deck that I played at this tournament can get hated out of the meta the same way the Flood deck could. Yeah. I just wanted to put you that's on the exactly, spot to talk bad about Flood. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say this, that I will never, I will probably never play Flood at a major redemption tournament again following the default targeting rule change. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that. Pretty well. Pretty well kills what it can do. <laughs> nail. Yes. <laughs> the nail in um, the coffin. There's <laughs> there's like there's like a there's like a neat little flood survivor brown deck that I might play some fun games with, but I'm not gonna play the major tournament. Yeah. It's been the butt end of the joke that Flood will never win nationals and now they finally like stomped it in the ground far enough to put the set aside rule to where it's absolutely never going to win. Jay's not even willing to try it. (laughs) You are right. So you guys have some weird version of like Gandalf is in part of the name of this deck that I guess you and John kind of collaborated with. We did. We collaborated. And he's got a few different changes. The first thing that you shared the list and I looked at it and the first thing that jumped off the page to me and it kind of like I I realized that I'm going to have to do some real deal like adjusting to what the meta is going to force us to be this season because it feels like early on it's kind of a counter heavy meta like people are trying to do lockdown strategies but you had seven heroes seven (laughs) dude how are you out here playing seven heroes walk me through it (laughs) All right, so Josh Potratz, or Potratz, or however you say this man's name. Potratz. You know, I asked him one time, he told me, you should just ask him too. It's Potratz. I have asked him. (laughs) I talked to him on the phone today. Did you call him Potratz? But I never can remember how to say his name. Uh, Sean in Tennessee, I say his last name wrong every time I've known the man six years. Sears. 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 See, I say that wrong every freaking time. So, Josh, Josh says the deck needs to have 11 ways to a hero. It doesn't matter how many physical heroes the deck plays, it must have 11 ways to a hero. Typically, that would mean Josh would play a deck with nine heroes. Um, If you'll go back and you'll look at all of his major decks, they have almost precisely nine heroes. And then they have cards like Patmos and things like that that get you to to another hero. This deck is the evolution of that philosophy. Because I have Aimless Lost Soul, I have Dread Lost Soul, which actually, for the record, Dread Lost Soul is two heroes. Because it gets Pharaoh's Daughter and it gets Moses. I have two sites that go and get my best two heroes. I have Wilderness of Sinai that goes and grabs me a hero. I have Covenant with David that can get me a David in a pinch. If I really need a hero. And it's the only card in my hand that can get a hero. So, I mean, I have... So many ways to a hero that it's ideal. And then the deck the deck works on putting you in a situation where your defense just can't do anything. And then I present a hero who you can't answer, whether it's Chosen Warriors or David with his 1-8 numbers or Jeremiah tossing your enhancement or Zachariah preventing your enhancement and giving me cards. And so, and then, and then my hero gets each of my heroes gets himself some resources, or is Jeremiah? Because Moses searches for an enhancement, David searches for anything I want. Um, Zechariah draws two. Chosen warriors gets a card out of reserve, and then David and Jer- David and Moses get tabernacle triggers and get me in, in turn like 
this covenant with David that's still in my hand and I have all the things I could ever want in the world, it turns it into like steady till sunset or philosophy or some other busted mono white card. And so, and then you're sitting over there trying to figure out what in the world do I do? None of my stuff works and I can't band. You'd be amazed at how many people misplay into pot of mana. And for the record, what, what's pot of mana? All right. So <laughs> pot of mana. Oh, he's, he's going into the rocket or, was that? That's Team Rocket, yeah. yeah. Team Rocket, okay. Restrict all players from controlling more than one character in the field of battle. Okay, so it's the ongoing restrict one. It's It, it creates a restriction. Holy of Holies negates everything that's not a good OT priest. And then Elazer, son of Aaron, this really forgotten teal card from Persecuted Church, who happens to be a wilderness hero, and this is quite important, makes... Tabernacle artifacts cannot be negated. Mm, so you put him down, and then you play it, so it's CBN. Or or you put him down, and then on each each subsequent turn on the reactivation of your artifacts, they're CBN. Mm. Mm. It would be a persecuted so, church card that's enabling <laughs> enabling that. <laughs> so basically, you come out with this, and I mean, it's like you have a CBN Holy of Holies that answers every negate neutral that answers every that answers like 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 this combination of artifacts answers entire defenses and then they just can't keep up with the fact that you got tabernacle resource generation david's harp so like even if they have cbp evil characters you have david's harp and so you just adjust your attack plan to have david's harp going on mm. and there's a number of busted white heroes that you can employ i mean if you wanted to you can do this deck a little different you could go with some of the exodus heroes and get Pharaoh's daughter to make him CBP. Or you could go with Ace from Roots, who's a 612 dude who makes music enhancements CBN. And so there's just a number of different things that break parity. And so like what all you're trying to do is you're trying to set up these symmetrical lock cards and then break parity. Okay, let me ask you this. Across your games, I'm sure you saw a, a variety of, of different decks across six rounds. Do you feel like this deck at this early stage of whatever this meta is going to become? Because it's gonna it's gonna evolve as people start building more and more decks and things. It's gonna change and become more defined as people share deck lists and things, especially with roots now being on lackey and people being more easily able to build decks and things. I benefited from being able to build decks and play games without using lackey. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is one of those decks that adapts with those changes and is, is relevant come time for nationals? So I think that the fundamental strategy of this deck doesn't really adapt. It's kind of just what it is. And I think that it will probably retain relevancy because of how hard to interact with it is. Because, I mean, like, for one thing, I mean, we're using... We played Glory from of the Lord. I just won a 30-person tournament with Glory of the Lord in the deck. <laughs> So that that's fun that's, though compared to what we've had the last couple of years. Yes, and it it it's it is it is a hard rock to GOC scissors because so much of the Matthew deck is vulnerable to Holy of Holies. Like it just doesn't handle Holy of Holies. So I played three GOC four GOC decks. And I won all of the games with the Holy of Holies and Pot of Mana. Because like if you're a res like if you're Nick Marshall's deck from last nationals, and I go first, I mean it did help that I won five out of my six die rolls. But if you go first and you get Pot of Mana, Holy of Holies, CBN turn one, which happens a lot, then well, it happens a lot. Give us a percentage. Twenty five percent of the time. 30%. I played six games at Nationals, and I had both set up turn one, maybe three out of six games. And if you don't have both, you have one. You always have one. Okay. I've never whiffed setting up one of the two. And in a world where everybody's draw is character battle-based, Holy of Holies is disgusting. Pot of Mana is disgusting. Because the way that decks are card-advantaging is they're playing Resurrection and banding in Joanna the Generous... Um, John of the Generous, John the Apocalyptist, all these things and getting a D2. And Pot of Mana says, uh, no, 
you will play redemption the old-fashioned way the old-fashioned way a different way you will you you will not play redemption soup you will play redemption nice okay as much as you're talking about this hard lockdown strategy that is counter to everything that i like to play currently i'm still really excited to hear you talk about how effective it was because we've wanted that for several years is to be able to play counter to the the super aggressive style of just I'm going to rush out to a big advantage uh, on on drawing and searching. I'm going to have half my deck gone through turn one, and then I'm going to slap down a counter. And you're just like, I'll play a slower pace game, and I'm just going to lock you out. That feels good that that is an option in the game. It is. It, it, I'm, I'm super glad that we have symmetrical counters that you can then try to break the parity on again. Because I feel like the game suffered for not having cards like Covenant with Death. Not having cards like Nazareth, the site. Um, Hezekiah's Signet Ring, even though that one's actually not... That one actually is just not parity. That one's just your opponent just can't do anything. Yeah. But I feel like we suffered not having these cards, and so I feel like the printing of Holy of Holies and Nazareth and all this stuff is really good for the game. How much did you see Nazareth played in the tournament field? I did not play against a Nazareth deck on Saturday. I played a Nazareth deck on Friday. Like, I played it because we had two locals Friday night. Uh, Brian Jones won one, and I won one. But uh, Jeremy played Nazareth... Um, and his deck was really interesting and he went three, three and, uh, Joe, um, from Minnesota played Nazareth and he did, he did top 10. And then there was like a couple other Nazareths, uh, like Caden LaFountain played it in his deck and he was top 10 as well. That's such a him card. (laughs) It is a him card. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let me ask you, um, as you played that, you got six rounds in against quality competition. You said you beat Brian, you beat John Early, you beat Jaden Alstead. I mean, that is a that is a, a trophy case in a thirty a thirty man tournament field to come away with wins head to head against those guys. What did you see each other? Obviously, John Early was kind of playing a similar deck with a few few different cards here or there. But what were the the decks that you faced in the field? So round one, I played against some kind of empty tomb nativity kind of deal. I think it was nativity, maybe. I don't really know. It was you didn't see much of it after you did the pot of man. <laughs> no. Round two, played Jaden. Jaden was on gold brown, and uh, turn one, I went off. I got turn one, pot of mana, holy of holies, and I mayhemmed. So Golly, man. mayhemmed him into nothingness. And oh, and I think I had Glory of the Lord. I don't think I had the CBN, but I had the whole lock. And it was protected from whatever you did to it. And so he just didn't recover. I mean, I just sort of waltzed in for the game. He would block, like he blocked one of my attacks with King Jehu and I played my battle winner. And Jehu died. And then, like, that just was the story of the game. Like, Jaden knew that, like, like one thing I like about Jaden is Jaden recognizes the value of blocking to make me play a card so that he might be able to win a battle later down the road, but it just didn't matter that game. Like nothing about it mattered that game. Man. That was definitely the biggest thump game, unfortunately, that I had of the tournament other than round one. Well, what was the final score in that one? Five, two, five, three, somewhere in there. Okay. Is that this this the correct spreadsheet? This is not the correct spreadsheet. I will review the spreadsheet real quick because I don't remember the score. Okay, there we are. All right, I won five three. Five. So three. he got one soul off of uh, Amazing Faith, Angel of the Lord, and then Son of God, Second Coming. So that's a that's a rough that's a rough way to <laughs> to get locked out. Turn one, man. Yeah, I mean, my differential wasn't the greatest. Like, I was five four against. I was five four against Roman. I was five three against Ewan. 
um, five, four against Brian five, four against John. So like I had tight games, but a lot of them didn't feel tight. Like just from the way the game played, like the game with you and like, I mean, I was kind of just sort of stopping his offense all day. I'm actually surprised that game finished in time. Like dude had the def- like huge defense. <laughs> so you think the way you say it, it, it might not have on paper looked like that much disparity, five, four, five, three, but you felt like it was a, a bigger disparity. Do you think that's just the play style of that deck, just slowing everything down to where it, it's going to get it, but it's going to be kind of a, a grind to get there. Not to, not to it trigger grind. Brad here. <laughs> was it grindy? <laughs> it was um, like the game with John was really grindy. Um, in fact, the game with John was fascinating because like John philosophied my son of God away. So like I rescued four souls by rescuing. And so like he got to four and then I sat there and I blocked him the rest of the game. And so like different, there were different little things. Like I'm like, I think I want to go second so that I have more cards in that game. I think I wanted to not play storehouse because we had entrapping Pharisees and stuff like that. And so we played a really interesting game and I kind of came out from under because I misplayed some blocks and attacks early on. And so he gets up two Oh, like really early on before I get my first soul. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to basically just be blocking him the entire rest of the game um, to win. If I don't block him, I don't win. But that deck has, that deck has enough backbone to, to be able to withstand that early pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing that was important too is that neither one of us activated Holy Holies in the mirror because we're like, well, it doesn't even really matter. I activated Pot of Mana because I didn't want him banding Moses to Chosen Warriors um, because then that would make his offense a little bit stronger. And so knowing that, I was going in with different things. And so like, because he played Storehouse, I got a free block off Entrapping Pharisees that just didn't, like it just, it was just a free block. Um, and there were just a couple things and like ultimately came down to the fact that I played pretension and he didn't because I pretensioned two heroes away in the late game. And then that, that won me the game. And also the blood Avenger block. I got a blood Avenger block on chosen warriors late game because he didn't activate Holy Holies. And, uh, cause I, d- unlike John, I didn't cut blood Avenger. Never used blood Avenger until the last game of the tournament. So yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned some like removal of heroes against John because when I saw your deck list, that's the thing that I thought of the most. I was like seven heroes with Nazareth being a play option. Like if they find a way to get some of your heroes back in the deck mid to late game and then, you know, have a Nazareth to where it makes it hard to search and bring them back out. It, it seems like maybe they could almost attrition you away a little bit. They could, but they have to beat me to do, or they have to actually beat me in battle to do that. And they're not, and I'm set up to beat you one-on-one in battle and you're not. Like that's, that was what was going on all through the tournament is that people's defenses weren't set up to beat you one-on-one. And so I'm over here swinging chosen warriors and saying, try me, bro. Fair enough. Well, uh, we'll get ready to, to wrap up this conversation. I know you're, you're showing signs of being tired here. Don't want to keep you up. I'm doing I'm doing my best, man. Yeah, that that's fair. Appreciate it's you. It's not my uh, usual level of energy between the, the 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 allergies that just onset after after the tournament and just the fact that I've been going now for like four straight days. Yeah. So, so again, obviously, this tournament didn't happen under the uh, the best of circumstances, and I, I know that you've probably for the last several weeks been emotionally high, emotionally low, and somewhere in between just kind of on a roller coaster, but getting, getting to have a tournament to where the community that you've been a part of for so many years and getting to have those people rally around you show up. I I wouldn't say that I wouldn't assume that it gave you any type of closure about the situation because I don't know that that's anything you'll ever get, but correct. Um, it's got to feel good to know that the community has your back and, and all of that. And just, having that support system show up for you. Absolutely. I've always said Redemption's community is the best in the world. And 
this this shows it and and really a month it all started a month prior um we we had a funeral for thomas because he was still born and so we actually had physical remains and so wasn't a standard miscarriage it was more of a stillbirth um and so we did a funeral and so we had Luke Marshall driving five five hours to come, and John Early drove all the way from Minnesota to be there for me. And so, the the fact that the Redemption community drives five and eight hours to come to my boy's funeral, I mean, I, I I'll be honest, I don't think that Magic players would do that for me. Um, I don't think Pokemon players would do that for me. But John Early drives from Minnesota, Luke drives from Ohio. And then we do this tournament, and Jeremy drives from Alabama. Granted, he's my brother, but still drives 12 hours. And Joe Schaefer and Roy Cruz drive from Texas to come and to be at this tournament. And the Minnesota group drives through the night. And all of these different groups, all these different people come and to be at this tournament that's in honor of my son. It it, 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 it it lays out the reality that the redemption community is not just a bunch of gamers. We are people who are united in the love of Jesus. And, and, and we, are, we are all part of the family of God, the household of God. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing for me. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, I think I'm definitely a lot, I, I'm much improved emotionally i think that getting to the month point because the tournament was actually exactly one month after the funeral i think that 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 it really has helped and i mean i am gonna just i'm just eternally grateful for everything the redemption community what andy and what john did with the exclusive stuff the play mats and the tokens i mean i'm just so profoundly grateful for this entire experience yeah Definitely those guys coming together as retailers for the game and working together to pull this off. And, you know, it's also kind of a testament to the community that the uh, retailers who are, I guess you could say they're in direct competition with each other for sales and things are willing to work together. And they never kind of are forceful in the fact that they are competitors. They're not always looking for the edge or whatever. They can come together and work on something together, and that's cool to see. But all the guys that helped make it, you know, special for this. But it was quoted as being the first annual. So there are plans to do it again next year? There are plans to do it again next year. We will probably do it closer to Thomas's actual birth and death day um, because – I mean, we're just going to, let's just be honest. It's really d- difficult to travel to redemption tournament between Thanksgiving and Christmas. The fact that so many people did it is incredible, but, uh, but we will be doing a Thomas J Memorial tournament again next year. And the sponsors have said that they are going to sponsor again. So I don't really know what exactly that's going to look like. Um, I don't know what kind of exclusive goodies that would be, but we are going to do it again. It's going to be awesome. It'll be the fourth um, once we do that, it'll be this. This tournament was the third tournament that you could win a booster box in, and then the one we do next year will be the fourth. Nice. Unless we win a booster box, unless we're winning a booster box at Mister Classic Classic Championship, which I announced that as being in Michigan, but a couple things have come up and uh, it's up in the air again. So probably looking at Knoxville. Okay. Well, that that's good news to know that it's uh, at least got a potential home even if things are up in the air but it's also really cool to to know and i know we're getting ready to wrap up so we can let you go but to to know that you and your brother have been involved now in um i know that again circumstances of this but you've got an off-season tournament where hopefully it pulls another big crowd next year with the memorial tournament you've got at the beginning of the season kind of before everything ramps up mr classic You've got those guys out in New York now are doing the second annual scroll around the block. It's like there's so many cool things happening away from the major tournament season within the game. It's like people just want to continue to play the game and, and you know, 
show up and, and hang out with the community outside of it being, you know, states and regionals tournament leading nationals. up to nationals. It's bigger than that now, and it seems like it's growing, and that's just healthy for the game, I think. And that's something that's something that Jeremy and I really – so Jeremy and I really have always wanted to promote that. I've actually been a big proponent of off-season tournaments. So we've – there have been three tournaments um, where you could win a booster box, and none of them have occurred in the major off-season. Um, I hosted one in Tennessee – or well, Rex Adams did, but I was there – in 2017 and then we hosted one that was a fundraiser for luke marshall as he was getting ready to go to crossroads farm and start his missionary journey that now has led him back to his hometown and so we did win a box tournaments for both of those um and so this is the the uh and and, in each of those were in the spring in the off season so jeremy and i've always wanted to promote the playing of redemption in the off season and so it's really awesome that now it's come to fruition. Yeah. And uh, I'll also say that this tournament holds a special significance for me because I finally got to win my booster box. <laughs> so because so so those two prior tournaments, I got second in type one at both of them. At least you have a good a good percentage in the top three of those. But now you have a booster box, so yeah, hundred percent. Got my booster box. Yeah. One thing that I I would love to see, and I don't know if there's there's enough traction from the community to do it, but I would love to see us expand the tournament season into fall, so that there's not just so much of a dead period. I know a lot of people claim that redemption players get burned out, but I don't think that's the case. I think we've shown with the events that we're excited to play when there's an opportunity to play, but we want it to be meaningful. It'd be really cool. I remember. The first tournament that I got to go and win was you pushed me to go to COVID year, go up to the East Central Regionals at COVID in, year in Knoxville. Was special. And I went in the fall and they were having a regionals and I went up there and I won it and it was cool. It was fun. But how cool would it be to have a fall state tournament for each state and just add an extra state tournament? You can only get credit for one. So whatever you finish, it gives people more chances at the RNRS points but it gives another opportunity on the calendar for more local groups to come together, you know, for state tournaments. Or or just in general, you host state tournaments in that dead period, and then you host regional tournaments in the spring and summer. And they're stretched out so that you don't ever have overlapping regionals. That's another way to do it. I just didn't want to take away, like, my idea, taking away from anything in the spring, just adding something to kind of that lull yeah, period. and. and and I definitely think that with the Thomas J. Memorial Tournament honestly finding a home at the end of October next year, that'll do a lot for that. But then that still leaves September, and which I think giving everybody September off makes some logical sense. Because I generally, that's always what I would generally do as a tournament host is I wouldn't host anything in, in August, September. And then October, I would do my first tournament. And then November, I'd do a tournament, take take December, January off. Um, this year I haven't hosted as much as I did last year, although I'm about to just ramp back up, especially just with everything. So, but anyhow, I do definitely think that I have to work in the morning <laughs> and, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. So fair enough. We, we kept you out past your bedtime. <laughs> you definitely have kept me out past my bedtime. I, I try to go to bed right now. This is bedtime. Well, you can go to bed so. right now. We'll sign it off there. You can go to bed. That works for me. Works for me. Thanks again to the Redemption community. Thanks to you guys for having me on tonight. Um, it's been a blast. It's always a blast. I don't think I've been on the outside of the Mister Classic episode. I have not been on the on the on the uh, podcast since episode twelve. So it's good to be back. Yeah, we'll find we'll find something to, interesting enough to bring you back on to talk about. Lord knows you're Absolutely. always willing to talk. <laughs> That is what I'm known for. And it'd be great. It'd be great. It seems like every time you have me on the podcast, something goes wrong and I have a sinus infection. It would be great to just throw the dice and one day I just have all my voice. That would be great. You just tell me when and we'll make it happen. Sounds like you a know, plan. You haven't been you haven't been on the podcast, but you are definitely mentioned on the podcast quite frequently. So <laughs> Don't bring I'm that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in good love. <laughs> My shadow looms large. It does loom large. And the fact and the fact that I'm very easy to make fun of. That is an endearing quality you have. <laughs> yes, it is. So all right, well, you run anyway, off to bed and, and we'll wrap it up here.
All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. I want to thank you for sticking around to listen to the end here. I want to thank you all for participating in the Christmas card swap. Got up to over 70 participants. Um, kind of weird that the episode is releasing on this Saturday, but that's what life has done for me as we've got this new project at work ramping up, um, getting ready for a launch date. So we've been shipping orders like crazy. And I've been kind of bogged down with that. So sorry for the delay getting this out. But want to thank you guys for signing up with Christmas Card Swap. Want to thank Jay for coming on. And we'll get ready to uh, do the, the pairings. I, I should be sending those out sometime today. If you're listening to this on the day it releases. And then there should be a Threshing Floor Live coming up. Where we do the giveaways for the card swap. So... Thank you for participating if you have done that. Merry Christmas to all of you in the community. And we'll catch you next time. Peace.